This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Welcome to our American Horror Story 1984 mini-sode. This week we are dissecting episode 5. Episode 100. Each week we will be dissecting every episode of the slasher theme season of American Horror Story, going over the synopsis, the kill list, and our usual dissection. So as B mentioned, this is episode 100 of American Horror Story. Which is why the episode 5 is called episode 100. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> no, but it sounded weird when I said it, you know? Episode, episode 5. Episode, episode 100. 100. It was like like you were speaking in weird, like it was 105, but you're like, it was 100 the 5th. Yes. Uh, that's pretty congratulations. awesome. Yeah, congratulations. That's not an easy achievement in no. television, especially when you have reduced seasons. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a lot. Yeah. So, kudos. Yeah, 100 episodes, 9 years. A normal show gets it in about 4? Four? 4 seasons. Yeah. and the, Typically, by the in, during their 4th season, towards the end, they will have their 100th episode. Often, it'll be like their winter finale is how it usually ends up lining up. Yeah. So, for a show, I mean, this is its 10th, 9th season? 9th, yeah, yeah. 9 years. So. Congratulations, American Horror Story. You've been around for a minute now. Yeah. You're, you're part of the... Um, you're definitely part of the, like, cultural zeitgeist. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it aired October 24th, 2019. Um, Which does mean the next episode airs on Halloween. No, the day before Halloween. No, it's a week. Wednesday. Halloween's Thursday, right? Yeah, but why did this air a week from that day would be Halloween? Oh, wait, today's the 24th. 23rd. It aired the 23rd. But you put the wrong date in. I've got mom brain, guys. It's okay, we'll forgive her. Um, so it airs next week before Halloween. That's good. Yeah. That works. Well, because who's going to be at home on Halloween watching American Horror Story? I mean, we would, but... Well, I'd be home, but not watching American Horror Story. <laughs> I think we would. Maybe. Yeah, we probably would. Anywho, um, the director this week is Lonnie... <sighs> that is a French last name. I'm going to go with Peristier. Beautiful. Paris- Let's go with that. Peristier. I don't know. Sorry, Lana. Paris Tier. If you are listening, <laughs> if you're listening please reach to this out and let us know. Um, he has been a director for Serious Unfortunate Events, the TV show, um, the TV movie The Warrior, um, and a bunch of stuff. Also has dabbled in like producing and special effects um, and has worked on... Um, 911 and a bunch of other stuff. Of course, the yeah. Murphy stuff. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, is this person actually not in the Murphy wheelhouse? Um, no, I did see 911. Um, I think I saw Scream Queens on there, too. Gotcha. Uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. Uh, Falchuk? Falchuk. Mm. I don't know. We're butchering names. Sorry, guys. Uh, wrote this episode. They actually, like, I mean, they're credited on every episode because they're the creators of the show, obviously, but they did actually write this episode, which makes sense. It does, and it was um, extra jokey this week. I feel like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like like once I you I saw the note that they wrote, I was like, that makes sense yeah. because it felt particularly like Murphy's mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Um. So we have 
pretty much our whole cast gets to return this episode, yep. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, so they all show up, and then we get a couple um, new characters, mainly uh, Leslie Jordan, who has been in American Horror Story before, is playing Courtney, uh, Margaret's assistant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have Eric Staves playing Dustin, the bird watcher. And then I wrote it down, but apparently I... Um, Didn't save it. Didn't save it on here, but we also have Lorraine. His girlfriend? um, Jingle's wife. Oh, Jingle's wife. Yes. Um, While B is looking at that name, we do get the return of Trevor, Matthew Morrison, Chet returns, as we called, um, from the dead, uh, Gus uh, Kentworthy. I wish we had got him, like, emerging from the lake, a la Jason. But uh, he does also return from the dead. Um, and then, like we said, like we, I mean, we even get our counselors from the original, like, 1970s murders. Um, Pop up for a second. Yeah, so, and they, what do they keep calling them? They're like, oh, the old, yeah, the old folk or something. Yeah, Montana has something offensive to say about them. Um, Tanya Clark plays Lorraine Jingle's wife. Got it. Uh, so we have three killers, essentially, more, uh, more or less than this. Mr. Jingle's who is um, now technically, um, like, his life is due unto Satan, uh, but he is not digging that lifestyle at all. Uh, yeah. I don't think he actually kills anyone this episode, but he definitely ends the episode on a, I would say, a warpath, like, a vindictive, um, vengeful. He puts the trench coat back on. And he has The raincoat. Yeah, yeah, he has his keys. Um, Zach Villa as Richard Ramirez slash the Night Stalker, um, who is... Uh, you know, full-blown, like, summoning the devil, uh, Satan worshiper in this episode. Saint, 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 Saint. Oh, man. Um, so, B has a funny story for you guys. Yeah, so I get a text message from our producer, Brennan, today, and he's like, have you guys recorded yet? And I'm like, no, we're recording tonight. He's like, okay. And I'm gonna say, word for word, what his text message says. I need you to mention that I think the little whispers in the background that go, Satan, 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 whenever the Night Stalker does spooky shit, are the dumbest thing on American television. (laughs) I just love it because um, Brandon's not very critical a lot of the times. Uh, He, I have watched some bad movies with him, or bad movies and talked to him about them, and he usually can find something he likes, so it's just funny to hear him be critical, and also, B and I both like it. We think it's funny when I when, it's hilarious. Yeah. We genuinely laugh out loud every time and then insist we, we on both saying, do it. Yeah. Sin, 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 yeah, we sin, just go sin. like Bee's dog started barking at it last night. <laughs> like I don't know, we just started barking. We're like, Are you barking at them going Satan? <laughs> um yeah, so apparently he was spooked. Yeah, we enjoy it. Yeah. Um Oh, let, and then I told yeah, then I told Brennan that I am gonna have to devote myself to Satan because I really want that to be like how what happens like if you do some spooky shit like if i'm like yeah no like satan i'm gonna need you to hook it up and possess that guy i really want that to be like the sound effect irl i get it it's like a callback to you know yeah any kind of cue yeah it's a musical cue yeah but but it's just like overtly ridiculous but they know that yeah um Leslie Grossman returns as Margaret Booth, and then um, B did add in there, yes, Montana is definitely a murderer, a full-blown love, just killing as many people. I guess, uh, what's his face now? Xavier is, too. Yeah, Xavier and her are both just killing people. They are now ghost serial killers. They are ghost serial killers and ghost lovers. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so our synopsis is, with the horrors of the night behind them, the survivors deal with the fallout of their choices. Sure. Uh, so we kind of bounce a little bit back and forth in this episode. It takes place mostly in 1989, which I just want to say I called. I I knew it was going to happen. I had a guess that they were going to flash forward, and I was like, they want to keep in the 80s, though. And five years would be an appropriate time for Brooke to either be out of jail or to be killed. That was my thought process. I was like, oh, five years. Um, so it definitely made sense to me that they picked 1989. Yeah. Um, we do see some 1985 stuff, because mm-hmm. um, that's when we're getting like the Night Stalker and Jingles in L.A. Yeah, so that's where we first pop up as one of the things I was really excited about. Last week's episode was the whole like buddy cop of our serial killers, and it really ends up being short-lived. Um, we find out that... Um, the Night Stalker just can't fucking stop killing people, and Jingles is sick of it. He's Jingles over has it. realized that this is not his lifestyle. No. And, yeah, like, Richard is, like, gross and dirty, and he's killed 11 people, and Jingles is just cleaning up after him, and he's kind of had it. So they, um... Well, first, he's also really sad, and you can tell, because he has shaved the worst oh facial my hair God. that I've ever seen on the face of a it's... human. Just it's confusing. like an oval around his mouth. That's the only way I can describe it. It's like an oval, but then the middle part... It's like a mustache lipstick. Yeah, and then the middle part is like not directly connected to the side parts, but they're still like circular. It just stops like right before under the lip, and then the middle part trails down. Yeah, it's this... a happy trail to his mustache <laughs> lipstick. I really hate that you said that. That's... <laughs> Made my stomach turn. It's disgusting. Which part? <laughs> a happy trail to his fucking mustache lipstick. It's the grossest phrase you've ever uttered. And what was that disgusting thing you were saying one week? Oh, you were saying something gross about, I don't know, underwear or vaginas or something. You definitely said something about vaginas one week. I don't know. That's disgusting. <laughs> Oh my god. If anything ever looks like a happy trail on your face, it needs to not exist. It's so bad. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not. It's just, oh, I just never thought it, of it in that context. It's gross. I was like, oh, it's like a rat tail on your chin. And then you're like, oh, mustache happy trail. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, yeah, so. So that happened. Yeah. Um, and he also has a thing for Ario Speedwagon. Yes, which is great. I do love that. No, I love all the little things they do to make him very sympathetic and, like, to make it very clear that this is not for him. Like, he's listening to Ario Speedwagon instead of Ozzy Osbourne or Black Sabbath. Um, or Billy Idol. Or Billy Idol. Yeah. And then when he's like, they stop at the store and Ramirez is like, you want something, a beer? He's like, a tab. Yeah. Um, so, like, they make it very clear this is not for him. And then he, I well, mean. Well, yeah, let's be reminded, he's not a fucking killer. Yeah, he was. He was framed and then led to believe he was a killer and then started killing. Yeah. And then was like, oh, wait, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jingles gets Ramirez caught on purpose. Um, he... Like, there's a newspaper um, of Ramirez, like, as the night, like, you know, it's all in Spanish, but basically that he is the night stalker, like, the night stalker. They've identified him. So he gives it to these people outside of a store. I actually really like this scene. Um, Hella, hella, like, people chase him through kind of, like, the, like, a, um, a neighborhood of L.A. and start beating the shit out of him. Um, and then, you know, Mr. Jingles drives away and his little, like, gremlin or whatever it is. 
Um, then we get uh, our 1989 jump. This is when we get our flash forward. Um, we see Montana's at the camp. Um, you know, Ray and uh, Xavier all there. Montana lures a guy basically to his death. Um, she's out like bathing on the dock and he's a bird watcher and she starts playing with his fanny pack and she says all sorts of crazy, dirty sexual innuendos. Um, and then she literally asks like, do you want to stick it in me? And he's like, oh God, yes. And then she kills him. Yeah, at first he's like, oh no, I'm here with my girlfriend. You really shouldn't do this. And he is. We see his girlfriend pop up later. And then, oh, how quickly his tune changes. Yep. Um, yeah, as soon as she offers, he's ready and willing. Like, oh, yes, please. Uh, and then she murders him. Yeah. Uh, and then we find out that her and Xavier have been murdering people, uh, pretty much anyone who shows up. Yeah, but then Ray has been cleaning up after them and hiding the bodies and... Uh, he basically says after Xavier kills the girlfriend, mm-hmm. he's like, fuck this. I'm tired of cleaning up after you guys. Like, you don't know why we're here. And I think it's important that he said this because it's true. Montana and Xavier are like, well, we're fucking stuck here. Like, you know, let's make the most of it. We have no consequences. And Ray's like, you don't know we don't have consequences. You don't know why we're here. You don't know if this is, like, purgatory and we have to do something. And that's, it's just a really interesting way to look at it where, like, different people are going to handle that situation. One person's going to be like, oh, my God, I have all this freedom, blah, blah, blah. Where Ray's like, no, this is not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. How do I get out of this loop? Yeah. Maybe, like, I need to be a good person. Maybe I need to fix things. Like, you know, he's trying to think there has to be a better way. My actions still have consequences mm-hmm. which i think is definitely i mean gonna play a role because there's no way the show's gonna end and they're gonna be like and there's still ghosts there i mean if any show's going to do it it'd be well, the show okay maybe but but, but i, I do i also think it's a nice turnaround for ray too who his entire trait before was he's a coward yeah and so um, we're gonna get a little bit of yeah a, redemption story yeah. i'm thinking for sure um, while this is happening, we also find out that Margaret has gone on to become, like, a rich mogul. Um, she's, like, uh, she's a real estate mogul who specializes in haunted properties. So she discusses, like, the Stall Ranch, which is, if you don't know, that's where the Manson family lived, um, during, like, that era of everything. She mentions, um, there is a connection to season two of American Horror Story. Briarcliff. Yeah, she mentions Briarcliff. Um, so this is how she's made her John money. John Wayne what's his name oh john wayne gacy's yeah yeah yeah. something about how a clown is gonna serve you food or i don't know i don't know the story of john wayne gacy but she described something i'm sure is yeah b doesn't look mysterious no 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 i do not want to know i know he's a clown and that is it yeah uh and now she's married to trevor who when trevor showed up b and i both were like what the fuck because we were thinking he's a ghost we're like well how'd he get out of the camp but then he even says, he's like, turns out the knife missed my heart by this much. So he survived. And he survived, yeah. And he knows that she tried to kill him. So instead of going to the cops, he bro- uh, he blackmails her. <laughs> he brooks her. He brooks her. He blackmails her for a piece of her fortune. So they're... Which is dumb. It's super dumb. It's dumb, too. And, like, this whole scenario they've got themselves into because she makes him marry her because that way he's not allowed to testify against her in court. Which I don't think that's a thing. It right? is. Oh no, it is. Don't you remember in Gossip Girl? No, I remember from television, but IRL. No, that's a thing. Yeah, a man cannot <laughs> testify, testify against his wife. 
I'm mm. pretty sure. I don't know. If that's not a thing, then, like, TV has been I really... I think it's, like... Federal law on spousal privilege. Federal and many state courts recognize two types of spousal privilege. Spousal testimonial privilege, barring testimony against a spouse in a criminal trial. And marital communication privilege, barring testimony about confidential communication between spouses. Hmm. So, yeah, you can't you can't testify against your spouse. So, they are forced in into criminal this cases, very... criminal cases, would be. Yeah, very loveless marriage where they still just, like, have angry sex. Yeah, after doing lots of coke. I don't know. It's confusing because, I mean, of course, how boring would have been if he wakes up and goes, it was Margaret. But for him, he's like, oh, there would have been a trial and I'd rather just be rich. Like, how does he know she's rich? Like, I don't know. It all seemed a little weird. I didn't love that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's shoehorned in to keep him in the plot and to not make it complicated for her of like, oh, now he's blackmailing her. I think they just... They're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's a comedy opportunity. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely funny. Yeah. Uh, Margaret and Trevor are both, like, keeping track. Of, everyone's keeping track of Brooke, essentially, of what's going on with her because she is still in prison. Um, and they find out from her assistant, Courtney, that he, she has just lost her last appeal. So she will be executed. Oh, this was the other thing I was going to say about that, though. This makes me mad, though, because the whole – this is part of why it confused me. The entire show, Trevor was a really good guy. Oh, yeah. Besides being, like, a douchebag about his giant, giant penis, he was, like, you know, always trying to save people. And, yeah. And then, literally, he's going to let Brooke be in jail for a crime he knows she doesn't commit for money. Yep. That bugged me because I'm like, that's so far has not been true to your character, but whatever. And then... We get to this scene, and he's literally going to be sitting there watching her. Oh, yeah, he watches her get killed and says, yeah. that was anticlimactic. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it is a weird turnabout. It, they And so, so far, they, I mean, we don't know about Chet because he just pops up for a second, but same with Xavier. Xavier's like, I tried to be the good guy, didn't work for me, so fuck this, I'm going to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Well, wow. and even Brooke says, because we see Brooke in prison, and yeah. she the, she's in the same prison as Richard Ramirez, and he says, like, oh, he mentions Montana. He he doesn't know she's dead. And he's like, oh, man, like, Montana, like, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I gutted that bitch from the inside out, and now she's in hell licking Satan's balls. So everyone has kind of turned into a little bit of an asshole. But also, traumatic things do things to you. True. Yeah. Like, trauma really changes a person. Yeah. Um, so... I'm sure, especially Brooke is probably feeling a little slighted right now. For sure. Um, I think the only one that really doesn't make sense is Trevor's. I mean, yeah, he did get stabbed and almost died, so I guess he's just trying to embrace an opportunity. But whatever, I'll let it go. It's fine. For the sake of comedy. I will agree, though. Like That I mean, one I seems think the weirdest. It is the me. weirdest, but almost everyone has had a 180, except yeah. Montana. Montana's just embracing it. Um. Also, somebody pointed out, which I thought was funny, was that Brooke was getting the death penalty before Richard Ramirez. <laughs> and, like, they know he's killed, like, 30 people. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, you know, gotta make the plot work somehow. Yeah. Uh, so... Wouldn't it be a slasher if there weren't intense plot holes you had to ignore? That's true. That, yeah. well, I would like <laughs> to think it was intentional. I doubt it is, but I'd like <laughs> to think it is. Um, so Margaret has decided to, um... Well, they, they, there were murders in the paper, like, because Ray's done cleaning up, right? So the murders show up in the paper. Yeah, so, so he she... doesn't clean up these bodies, and then now people know that somebody's fucking died there. Margaret's like, holy ka Yeah, because they still own the property. 
So she decides that she's going to capitalize on the death of Brooke, along with these murders. And what's she going to do? She's going to hold a giant music festival at the old Camp Redwood grounds. Um, so that is her plan. While this is happening, Brooke is in prison getting executed. Um, and Richard Ramirez tries to make a deal with her. He does like a little seance thing. He's like sitting there meditating and he's able to psychically communicate with her, which I thought was awesome. Um, and she tells him to fuck off and he decides he's just going to like follow through anyways. Um, or no, he, he, he decides to break out, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to break out. So he does this crazy. At first I thought he was trying to like save her. I thought he was trying to like save her or get her to turn to Satan once she'd been killed. Yeah. But then you realize that he's just escaping the prison while it's happening. So no one's like around. Yeah. He possesses like a guard while he's on the john. Yeah. And it's kind of like, he does this crazy, cuts his hand open, draws a pentagram, like all this, all this crazy shit. It's definitely, yeah, it's his most like witchy stuff to do. Um, And then, um, yeah, Brooke is killed by lethal injection. Uh, And we also find out Mr. Jingles is living in Alaska as a clerk at a video store that is a knockoff of Blockbuster. It's called, like, Video Shack or something. I forgot. Yeah, it's Blockbuster and Radio Shack combined. Yeah. Yeah, it's Video Shack. Um, And it's pretty hilarious because he won't let people watch horror movies because he's like, there's too much violence in the world. And then he, yeah, just gives, like, terms of endearment. And and, Tootsie was one of the movies. Like, when they rent something, he puts the wrong tapes in on Uh purpose. Yeah, which is pretty great. I loved that. This is where my favorite line in the entire episode came from. He's sitting there with it. So we find out he's got a wife. He's got a baby. And, like... His wife was a hooker. He was, and she knows he was a killer. So they're yeah. both all about, like, Yeah, this is the best part where he was, like, really upset about something. I forget what it was. And then she's like, it's okay. We've gone past this. You were a murderer and I was a prostitute. And I seriously looked at Ryan and I was like, yeah, because those two things are the same. <laughs> yeah. What's a quick prostitution <laughs> with murdering people? <laughs> no, yep. One in the same. So glad you see it that way. It's uh, an equal playing field now. Yeah. Um, We've moved past those poor decisions. So he's trying to put that behind him. Um, he does have a son, and uh, it's actually really sad. He comes home oh. one night with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I made a note of that because that's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and I his, thought I was going to have to give up watching the show. Oh, yeah, because you can tell – well, you definitely know she's dead. For like, sure. you can tell. The way it's framed, everything. You've watched enough horror movies. Like, yeah. you just know. You're like, Bitch she's dead. dead. Yeah, and he, sure enough, he goes in the room. It's all, like, everything's all broke, disheveled, and she is fucking eviscerated on the bed. And B and I both were like, I felt the same. I was like, if they murdered a baby, I don't know. But then luckily the baby's crying and left in a closet. <laughs> luckily. Just witnessed the <laughs> yeah. murder of its mother. Uh, and then it has, like, a note for, it says, like, um, Satan will have vengeance. And it, it's the flyer for the music festival at Camp Redwood. Yeah. So Jingles leaves the baby with his sister-in-law and, like, tells her that her sister is dead and that he was never meant to have the second chance. Um, and that's when he puts his rain slicker back on and he's got his keys in his hands. Um, the last part really is we see Margaret announcing at Camp Redwood that she's going to do the music festival. Um, oh, and then, yeah, we see the, this is where we see the old campers pop up and, and Chet is there too. Yeah. And Chet's there. And Chet wants to kill her right there. Yeah. He wants to kill Margaret. He's He's like like, super pissed. Yeah. That bitch killed me. Yeah. And then Montana's like, no, it's about to be like. Yeah. She says it's like a, it's like a full 
full something hunting ground or something yeah. like that. Like she wants to. She wants to wait. To yeah, the she wants to go on a murder spree. Yeah. And then the twist at the end of the episode is we see the like uh, attendant roll Brooke out of the execution chamber and then inject her with something else and she wakes up and um it's donna um aka fake nurse rita aka dd um and she says welcome back to the land of the living and that's the end um i definitely forgot about her i did too oh a hundred percent like forgot about i her. forgot about her i thought character. it was gonna be richard ramirez for some reason wheeling her out yeah, I but just... then I was getting all confused with like the jumps of like to Alaska and stuff, and I was right. like, "What's happening here?" I was like, "Where are we timeline wise?" No, and then they took it off them, and it was fake Nurse Rita, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! Yeah, I forgot this character existed, and she survived." Like that's how much happened, mm-hmm. and how quickly it went. Yeah, that I was just, like so wrapped into it that I was like, "Oh yeah, holy shit! There was a character we didn't." address yet well and they do bring like every character back in which i really like again which i think is still proving my theory that we don't see the cook Mm. so i'm pretty sure it's only the counselors unless she pops up again yeah interesting but i don't see her well because i wonder if it's because xavier killed her if that has anything to do with it oh because it wasn't a murder but it was a sympathy kill i don't know yeah. Um, the body count, um, there's 11 off screen that Richard Ramirez mentions, and then Xavier and Montana both mention a few people they've killed. Um, but we see Montana kill Dustin, who is the birdwatcher. Xavier kills Dustin's girlfriend. We assume Richard Ramirez kills Lorraine, and then technically Brooke dies and then is brought back to life. Yeah. Um, Brooke is still our final girl, uh, but we'll see where things go. It's yeah. going to get, we got two episodes left, and it's going to get pretty wild, I think. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of, like, I don't know, like, just interesting character transitions. Um, it definitely seems like Donna is fully on the good side of everything now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. we saw that shift last episode. Yeah, she I think just, she's, she, she realized, realized yeah, exactly, that, that when she, her dad came back to her. Yeah. And she realized, like, I'm just as bad as him. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I did this. Like, I need to fix this. Mm-hmm. She sort of makes that shift. Um, our one like big trope would kind of be that we get the the a character coming back to life, but in this case, it's the final girl and not the killer. Although technically, all of our killers have come back to life, just not in this episode. Just not in this episode. Yeah, yeah. but that's sort of not not heavy on the tropes. This episode, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. more like. It's not a transition episode at all. It was full-blown, like... It, it, they're setting up a new story. But, yeah, it's yeah. a foundation episode. Yeah, and it's also the end of the 80s, so I think they're relying less on those. Like, this is... I, f- I do uh, like what they've done with this season where it felt very heavy trope and, like, 80 homage in the beginning, and they were have leaned less on that as the show's gone on. Um, I don't really have a favorite kill. Yeah, They I weren't mean, super significant. There was nothing, it wasn't really about that this episode. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess you can say that, you know, Brooke dying and coming back to life was the most interesting. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned your favorite quote. I didn't write anything down from this one. Oops. EW gave it a B minus, which is one of the lower reviews Uh so far that they've given. It's never dropped below a B from EW. Uh And then, um, it's, it's like aggregate score and, um... IMDb is 8.4, which is also a little lower than they mm-hmm. have been. Um, I can understand why 
because, like you said, it's not a transition episode, but it is a heavy story episode. It is. Um, because it's setting up for our next... It's setting up for our, clim- our true climax, essentially. Like, because next episode is going to be the, you know, the the meat of the story, and then we'll get our finale. Resol- yeah, our resolution. So, I mean, there was a lot of... This was, like, a lot of bringing our characters back together and seeing where they are, but I think it was really well done. Yeah, I did um, too. Like, I enjoyed how they looped all the characters in. I actually like how many they brought back, and, like, for the most part, how they brought them back and how they're making them... How they've made, like, their significance like pretty well stated it's like okay these guys are ghosts and this is what they're doing these two are forced into this weird marriage and this is what they're doing and then i thought they did a good job of like looping it all back together drawing these people back together yeah i really like that they're have pretty much brought everybody back as well even characters and it's a big cast Mm -hmm. and so even ones that we get like we didn't really have a lot of brooke this episode and you know you only get like focus on certain characters every episode and that works i feel there's a big trend right now to like spend a ton of time with a character and then kill them off um and supposedly there's supposed to be some sort of shock and gratification in that and and i I don't love that trend because I think it's used in the wrong way a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so, and this would be so easy to do this season. I mean, it's in a better case because it's only over eight episodes that they could do it to you instead of like, oh yeah, spend all this time with the character for three seasons that we're going to kill them off. Like, that's very frustrating. But I like the fact that, you know, we didn't spend five episodes with these characters and then we're gonna spend the last three with only a couple of them oh yeah no i really like that and i like too that like the cast was big enough that even like even though i liked certain characters it was never like oh i'm really bummed they're dead it was like it was like oh like i mean it was a big enough cast that we were spending so we were still getting story but we were still spending so little time with people that it wasn't enough to get attached to anyone like on that level um, so I, I mean, again, I just keep saying like, I, pff, the end of the episode came and like the little logo at the bottom pops up. So, you know, it's the end. I was like, wait, it's over. Like yeah. every, every one of these so far, I've been like, oh, it's over. Like I, they, they're good at the hook at the end for sure. Uh huh. They're really good at like that hook of like, okay, I'm like super in now. And then it's like next week. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Um, I think next week we're going to get everyone at the camp. Uh huh. And I think. It's going to be a lot of kills. Like, a lot of kills. And I think we're going to get an idea of how these ghosts are going to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to get our... We'll get a little bit more foundation, then we'll get our festival that everybody gets to. Um, and then we're going to start, yeah, just saying, like, fucking, like bodies hit the floor yeah and i think we're gonna see human ghost team ups like i think jingles is going to team up with brooke and donna and possibly ray as a ghost Mm -hmm. and maybe even chet because even though chet's like super against margaret i don't think he says murderous is like montana and xavier but then i think the night stalker and montana and xavier are gonna be gang up together yeah are all gonna be about like for sure murdering i think jonas is still gonna play a part in this somehow I think he might come out as, like, almost, like, a weird, like, 
gatekeeper or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah, like knowing something more than they know because he's been in this loop for so much longer or something. Because his character has existed more than like the camp counselors we saw. He's been kind of a... And he's also been technically outside of the camp. He's been on the road. I guess that's where he was killed, though. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I feel, but I do feel, like, feel like his he has role's a bigger not role. over. Well, also because yeah. he's a bigger actor. Yeah, it'd be weird to yeah. draw in Lou Taylor Pucci to be like, you're going to be in two and a half episodes, kind of. Yeah, yeah. you're going to take ten minutes up at the screen. Yeah, so because they could have got anyone to do that. I yeah. don't know. It just seems kind of weird. So I do think he's going to have a bigger role, yeah, too. Yeah, get used a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to get that, and then it's going to leave us sort of in the midst of that chaos. Mm-hmm. And then our finale is going to finish that up. And Yeah. We also do know that um, Lily, Rob, and um, Dylan. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Dylan McDermott, yeah. Is that it? That is it, right? I, that's what I said in my head, but I felt like that was wrong. Because, well, you know why you think it's wrong? is because there's whatever Mulroney, whose name is similar. Dermot. His name's no. Dermot Mulroney, yeah. right? Yeah, Dermot. The one I think's really hot. Yeah, because his yeah. name's Dermot Mulroney, and they do kind of look alike. They got yeah. big around the same time, yeah. uh, like in the late 90s. Uh, but Dylan McDermott from the first season of American Horror Story, and he's also popped up in a couple others, but he's... And Sarah Paulson's... That is definitely him. Yeah, he's um, in the back seat. You yeah. can see it in the trailer. And Sarah Paulson is not in it. So it was rumored that she's in an episode, and then I just looked it up, and it's been confirmed that she is not going to be in it. So, yeah, somehow he gets in the car. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited. Apparently he might be playing... A serial killer? The guy who is the son of Bloody Face, Zachary Quinto. So it might be a return to his character from Asylum, Johnny Morgan. That's the rumor. So we'll see. He's in Asylum. Yeah, he pops up near the end. I didn't get that end. far. Yeah, no, you didn't. I know. He's near the end. He pops oh. up as the Zachary Quinto son. Yeah. Oh. Alrighty. Yeah. So that'll be next week. Um, if you guys tune into our regular show, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you should. If you don't, it's all about slashers, and um, we will have our regular regularly scheduled episode up on Monday, which is the Town that Dreaded Sundown our sequel fiftieth. Yeah. movie oh, wow yeah holy shit yeah getting there um and until then keep screaming <laughs>